Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Three, two, one, we're... Here we go. Hey, and welcome everybody. This is Man Up Podcast, podcast number 127. Hard to believe. That's right. And uh, we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! Find Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And we're here, World Series, but we're down, we're down a game, but uh, we're still here anyway, and we're rooting the Astros on to, on to victory, hopefully, this time. So, <clears throat> we're not pastors, we're just a bunch of regular guys, and we're each on this individual spiritual journey, and we hope that, well, we know that you're on this journey with us, and what it is... We have a panel discussion. We basically go over a, uh, a Sunday school lesson. And we go over that in class, and then we get together and we do this podcast. So we get to dig deeper into the scriptures and basic lessons and unpeel them like an onion and, uh, and update them and talk about how they apply to our lives. And hopefully this is, this is stuff that you can't talk about with anybody else. So we're glad that you're here. You probably found us either on iHeartRadio, which we're doing quite well on. Thank you for Professor Koshu for getting us there. But we're also on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud where we archive all of our podcasts. And we're also on Facebook. So if you want to leave us a comment, you can do it on uh, uh, certainly the SoundCloud and the Facebook platform. And we can go ahead and we'll answer it at this time. Just want to let you know, because we recognize that you're men out there, and uh, men are always busy. We don't want to waste your time. We have so, so what we do is we, we do something that's a lot different from other shows. What we do is we basically uh, go around and have an overview of what we're going to talk about ahead of time, because not everything is going to speak to you, but you get to listen to the kind of the summary. You know, ahead of time, and then if you got to go off and pick up kids, or you got to go and uh, fill the smoker or something, or you know, you go and get to go ahead and do that, and maybe come back later uh, and listen to the rest of it. But we have a panel discussion here, and what I do is, my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a salesman, but I'm also kind of a writer and actor and, and that kind of thing as well. You might identify with someone with my personality or one of the other panelists that we have here. And I'll go ahead and at this time introduce those panelists at this time. <clears throat> now, he's a great guy, and he's told me that several times, and he's recertified now as a trainer. He's recertified as a good guy. And, uh, right. We're certifiable. <laughs> yeah. Recertified as a better than average trainer. <laughs> and he works for a Fortune 100 company. We call him the professor. Robert Koshu is here. And we have an attorney. You can't do anything without an attorney, you know. But this one is a also a prosecutor, so he could defend you or he could throw the book at you. It just depends on what you deserve. We call him the judge, and that's Michael Cropper, and he's here. And, of course, you have to have someone that's a little bit of an expert in risk. He's a world-class policy writer, but he's also a bit of a professional gambler, so we call that kind of like a risk analyst. That's uh, Mr. Steve Titch. He's here. And uh, my name is Bill Cox, and we are in, I believe, we're doing the Ten Commandments. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll have to be honest with you. I've been in church my whole life. I've never really studied necessarily or talked about much about the Ten Commandments. I thought this was going to be kind of like paint drying on the wall and it was going to be hard to do. But this has been totally not only enlightening for me, but this has been convicting for me as well. And so I hope that as you listen to this, it will stir something in you as well. And uh, we are, I believe this is a commandment 
seven. Is that right? What we're on? Eight. Or this command is this, this command. This yep. is commandment eight. And uh, I'm going to do my best, Charlton Heston from the Ten Commandments. I believe that movie was uh, like in early '60s. And commandment eight is, "You shall not steal." <laughs> and so that is our uh, that's our lesson uh, for uh, for this. Oh, uh, can we podcast. go watch the Astros now? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, that's no. That was <laughs> the, <laughs> no, you no, you can't steal away and go watch the Astros. Uh, and so what we're going to do is we'll have a basic overview, and I'd like to start out with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Okay. Um, well, and my, my policy analyst side is going to come through here, where you, know, you may be familiar with Marxist economics or Keynesian economics or free market economics. Um, this commandment really takes us into God's economics. And... Uh, if you go through scripture and you really look at it, God's economics do not align with any of these earthly theories. Some are in common, but uh, that's, that's, what I, uh, that's what I'm going to talk about as we go on. Uh, what God expects uh, from us after he acknowledges that, there are, that there's property, that, that you are in custody of, or let's say call it custodial stewardship of material things. There you go. You make me think. <laughs> Thank God. Man. I thought this was going to be easy. Okay, uh, Judge, your basic overview of this. Uh, I, I think... Uh, oh, you shall not steal. You've never seen that in the courtroom. You're right. <laughs> I was going to read the legal definition, oh. but you know what? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, okay, no, no. I'd like to hear that. Uh, all right, the act of stealing is a felonious, uh, wrongful, criminal, wicked, taking and removing of personal property with intent to deprive the rightful owner of it. And uh, that's one definition. There's a couple of ways. Uh, the legal definition is you unlawfully appropriate property from another person. Appropriate means to bring about a transfer of the title if it's not something that you hold in your hand right. and take possessory-wise, such as what stocks, such as property, real property, if you change ownership of a title to your name or somebody else's name, illegally, of course, that you don't pay for it and you do it without consent of the owner. And then uh, you acquire otherwise exercise control over property other than real property. So uh, that that's a legal definition, but Folks, all of us know what stealing, basic stealing is, and that's taking something from somebody else that doesn't belong to you without their permission. It could be a pen, it could be a sucker, it could be, uh, uh, it could be an idea or a thought, right? Right. I, I, know I was, was going to ask, does sure, intellectual property fall under the second definition then, based on what you just stated? Versus I, the I, I would, I I would say guess yeah. so, but you oh, know yeah. I didn't look that okay. up, honestly. Okay, but I it's just, clear. It's part of the law. Yeah, it's part of the law. It's, yeah. Yeah. Law. it's right. clearly part of the law. You steal somebody's idea, folks. This is, if it's a value, and you can place value on it, it's theft. I mean, it's, and we all, we all, all have heard and known about certain instances where people use other people's songs and acquire uh, a, a lot of profit from it. Um, because they use the words or they use the the the, uh, the music itself and then added change the lyrics on the on the song so there are so many 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 ways you can steal and uh, I'm looking forward to, to sharing with <laughs> so this. Right. Uh, Robert said something <laughs> right, right. <laughs> all right so, professor yeah so I'm 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 going with a uh, first of all let me reiterate you were listening to our podcast from Sugarland, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston, Texas, home of the American League champion, Houston <laughs> Astros, who are at this moment beginning the Game 2 of the World Series because we allowed the Nationals to steal a game from us last night. it's illegal to them, it was exactly. legal. Right? Uh, <laughs> we have coal on the mountain, come on. Right. Um, but, so, I, I, I want to start out with, so, I'm going to make a basic assumption that the vast majority of our podcast listeners 
are not out there breaking into liquor stores, shoplifting, doing other things. Yeah. I am really glad Steve brought up the fact that it talked about uh, relating it to God's economics. And I love the word that he used called custodian. Because <laughs> we're custodians of everything we own. You know, I am, I, the incredibly nice new house I have now that was rebuilt after our water incident in May, I am merely a custodian of that house. It really belongs to God. As much as I enjoy, I had countertops installed today, as much as I sat there and gazed lovingly at them, I don't own them. You know, um, so... I want to take it in another place, and, and that's part of the reason I asked Mike after he gave the great definitions about intellectual property and thoughts and ideas. And it, we always like to put a little leadership spin on things. And so I want you as a leader of men in your profession in particular, someone comes to you and gives you an idea that you then have to spin up the chain. How do you put that idea as it goes up the chain. And I want to kind of follow that up as we go through this conversation. Wow, I really have to pick up my game to be on this panel because I was going to just say something pretty simple and I was just going to... My role as the host of the Man Up podcast is once we go around and we do the basic overview, we read the scripture and then... Oh, I thought you had the game on. Uh, no, but I got a score alert. Uh, oh, okay. And, uh, and, and I, read the I read the scripture, and then we basically dive deeper into it. So we have an overview of where each of the members of the panel want to go ahead and take this. And I'm just going to go ahead and read it again. You shall not, you shall not steal. I'm just going to go ahead and admit right now. I have, and I probably will continue to steal, pretty much the rest of my life. I've stolen pens from work. I've, uh, uh, I've even stolen jokes that work from friend of mine, and I, I, and, and one, and he doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'll, I'll say his name. It's Tom, and. And it works every time. It's uh, it goes. And here's another joke you probably won't like, because he tells terrible jokes. And by saying here's another joke you won't like, it actually makes that joke funny. And and I've used that and I've learned that from him. And I think, but also in the you shall not steal thing, I don't purposely take the pens necessarily from work, for I example. I thought you worked with your wife. <laughs> well, at, at times I'll take, when I take her pens, they have like, a, they're either pink or have diamonds on them, so I know I took the wrong one. But then also, but then you got to think about the people that say rob a bank. Yeah. They actually plot to be a thief. They think about it. That's, that's not the kind of thing that you just go in, you sign some paperwork, and then you take a pen, and then you put it in your pocket out of a habit. To steal a bank it act, or rob a bank or, or do something like that, you have to actually plot or plan Absolutely. to steal. And I think Absolutely. that's part of the commandment. The issue is not only the act of stealing, but the plotting and the planning to be a well, thief. It, it ties into where later, I mean, coming up is envy and covetousness. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you start thinking about it. the seed gets in there and you start thinking about it. Uh, and uh, so, so I think in that, I think, lies at the root of this. Obviously, I want what he has. Or why right. does he have that and not yeah. me? Uh, right. Or, it, and we'll go more into it when you get to covenants, it not only becomes, why does he have it, but, and not me, but then it becomes, I need that. Mm -hmm. And there, there are, as much as we like to say, I need, there are very few things in life we, quote unquote, need. You know, compared to what we like to think we need. You know, it, we it's not we a need, need, it's a want. Exactly. 
Right. Exactly. Right. And I think that's but kind I, of I, the and I want to but I want to go back to because one second I'm going to get on Bill's case because you you kind of gave two extremes the 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 taking of you know pens which is probably you know I'm already can justify it which is probably accounted for because they knew some people are going to take pens but. And, and robbing a bank, which is definitely, a, a, in some cases, a federal crime. But we've we got to be careful about these little justifications, especially when the target is something faceless. Oh, you know, they're not going to miss, or, you know, it's my company. But, you know, good people who probably wouldn't ever rob a bank might... Oh, I might steal, you know, get HBO for free because I can, I know some, I, I, I'll pay the, I'll pay the installer off. I don't think they, I don't think you can do that much anymore, but that was a time-honored, time-honored practice in the past. Give, give, you know, give 50 bucks to the installer and he'll turn on HBO for you. Uh, and, uh, but you know, the, it's, the, it's the cable company, you know, you, you, it's, it's not, you're not taking, literally taking money from somebody with a human face, so it, 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 it's a little easier, but it's still, it's still theft. Now, the other side of this, and then I'm going to well, segue I, to... Let, to let me, I, want, I want to segue, off, I want to hop okay. off of that, because yeah. I'm going to take it, because mm-hmm. I'm going to take it to the 22nd mm-hmm. century, or okay. late 21st mm-hmm. century. How many of us have music on our phones, on our iPods, on our computer, that we downloaded and did not pay for. That was big. Well, that was... And that, I, I admittedly had done that. Um, I didn't do it. My son did and then gave it to me, but I knew how he had gotten mm-hmm. it. I tried to turn a blind eye, but, you know. And, and, yeah, and, 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 and it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. This was when he was younger. He has since quit for the same reason I really got kind of harsh on it. I know now personally a couple of people in the music industry, one of which is from our church, mm-hmm. Rachel Turner, who you know releases music and mm-hmm. plays professionally and done that. Andrew Shaver's <laughs> another one. And in, re- in reality, when you download their stuff without them getting credit, mm-hmm. you are robbing from... I, I agree with you 100%. And actually, I, I, re- I recall, I'll give you one, one thing then. In the past, it was very easy to do, and people felt, gee, must be free. I remember when people got mad when finally the recording industry started clamping down and saying, no, no one's going to get, you're, you're, we're going to have to figure out a way for digital rights management, which yep. is exactly that, which, yep. which created the structure. But there were protests, and, and I know Bill, I here, Bill here actually has material on a pay platform on yep. Amazon. And so, this is, so if you're if you're taking beer and seed and haven't paid for it, send him a couple of bucks. Uh, so I'll speak for you, but I'm in the creative right. side as well, and 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 I've actually had my own material uh, on the reporting on the material kind of lifted and used by <laughs> by other pay platforms. So mm-hmm. it's very real. Uh, but I was going to go to the other side of this too. Um, uh, and I'm glad our author brings this up because, in some ways, he was very conservative in the um, s- sexual chapter, and he, and he's very liberal in the uh, in the in the theft chapter. And he talks about employers employers stealing time and hours from workers. That's that's also covered in this. The idea of we we just I mean, of course, anybody in Houston will remember this. The idea of plundering pensions. <laughs> for, for for that so so it kind of it, so I'm not going to say that this is a this is a problem not just at the individual level it's also at the institutional level. So uh, while you're on that point, and Robert Abrazio brought this up, so suppose I woke a, a work a weekend, I'm supposed to get credit for it, whether mm-hmm. it's a comp day mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. otherwise, and then I take pens saying, oh, uh, pardon me, they 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 don't mm-hmm. pay me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not getting the comp time I mm-hmm. feel like I deserve. So, am I justified in taking something from work? Okay, no, no, I, no ahead, I'm throwing this out. No, go ahead, no. We're going that way. This is a good and, men's and, talk here. And I thought this on the way over here. And 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 then the uh, it was like something came in, like the Holy Spirit says to me, "Well, have you asked them for the comp time? Have you asked them to provide it to you, and have they denied it?" Or do they ignore it? Because one of the issues mm-hmm. was 
the the owner or the landowner not paying his laborers yeah. a a good wage or a fair, fair wage, wage. Fair right? Wage. Is that isn't that correct? Mm-hmm. A fair, fair wage. So, so uh, is there justification? I would say there's no justification if you don't attempt to try mm-hmm. to correct things with your your business or your job if you feel they owe you or obligated to you some type of value that you have done over and beyond mm-hmm. what your normal job is. But I think that, it's moral corrosion. And what happens is you try to live a moral life, okay? But as you, as these little things, these little thefts of pens, theft of time, mm-hmm. you know, it just corrodes at the person. Let me give you another example of something okay. I did. Okay. <clears throat> Stealing is the easiest thing to teach somebody. Absolutely. Because I worked at a job, we were a manufacturer, we were a distributor, and so we had a bonus program from one of the manufacturers that was supposed to go to the end users, okay, that bought our stuff, and they had these little coupons in the boxes. My boss, and everybody saw it, started taking the coupons out and cashing them in. So we all started doing the same mm-hmm. thing. We were taught by our employer, and I didn't stop it. And the funny thing is, one of the things I bought with those coupons was I bought a little toolkit. It was a computer toolkit because I was in the computer business. It's over 20 years old. I was working with my son on a basic ceiling <laughs> fan, and the only thing that worked was this little <laughs> toolkit. And you know what? I remembered it. I remembered that I got it from my ill gain. And I talked about it with Andrew, and I talked with him about how I remember, and this toolkit, although I still have it, not only has a stain on it, but it's corroded my morality. And it reminds me every time I see it. But it's so handy, I don't get rid of it. So it reminds me of the corrosion that I have in my life. Okay, so, but it didn't corrode your morality. You corroded your morality. Your choice did. Yes, my choice. Dude, you're absolutely right. My choice to use this by ill gain and keep it. I, I bought it with the coupons, and I kept it. Right. It reminds me all the time to beware of something that will corrode your morality yeah. and the values that you cherish. And so in a way, although it's a bad thing, in a, in a weird way, for me it's a good thing because it puts me on guard to not do it again. This reminds me of, of, of a couple of times. I don't know if you all have ever had this happen to you or not, but you go to a store and buy something or you return something and you end up with more than you thought you were going to end up with if you return something or you right. buy something and you end up with more because the cashier failed to charge you the right price on the item or missed one of the items that's in your basket. Right. And then, and so the, the question, do you go out to your car and when you discover this, do you go back and say, I owe you more for this particular item? You didn't charge me? Or do you say, oh, I chalk it up to God blessing me. <laughs> so, so I, I, I can honestly say story for you. on several months ago, and, and I'm going to bring this out because, as anybody noticed, what's the big growing trend in retail grocery stores these days? Self-checkout. Self-checkout, absolutely. So we actually forgot to check out our Dr. Peppers that were at the bottom mm-hmm. of the basket that sure. my wife drinks on sure. at work. Sure. We actually did go back and scan them again because we got out there and sure. realized, dang, we forgot to do that. And, and I think that's an interesting point, especially as we're into self-checkout mm-hmm. now. I, I, you know, I'm going to be totally. I'm going to be totally. But by the same token, I've also not gone back. <laughs> if, that if, if, I'm t- if it's if it's a fifty cent item, <laughs> grace of God. If it's like you know a huge cut of fish or steak, uh, uh, you know uh, something that's yeah. definitely uh, you know 
where I'd feel but but in, in other words it's 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 a terrible thing actually the right the right thing to do is to go back and even stand online and pay you know pay what is right yeah. but um, I've done that yeah, I've, <laughs> I've done what Robert said several times uh -huh. there is an instance or two in the past where I bought 50 or 100 items 50 items that and the item was very small that the girl missed that was ringing up in the basket and I thought this is gonna this is gonna take more time than mm -hmm. I really care to deal with it. So like mm -hmm. you said, it's a fifty cent item, yeah. or it might get her in trouble because she's a brand new cashier or something. And so I really had to think about that real hard before before I decided not to go back in there. But it was a small item. But I have been back several times when I find found items from the self checkout, or when they missed an item on the conveyor belt and didn't yeah. check it. I so think well, one thing up in life though. As men, it's us, up to us to be leaders, okay? Absolutely. For example, I was at a restaurant, and a guy was given $20 too much in cash back. He was a blue-collar worker, kind of like me, and had the name of his company on his shirt. And he said to the cashier, you gave me too much. Here you go. He gave the 20 back. I told him in front of everybody around him, my man, you are awesome. What's the name of your company? And I wrote it off of his shirt. I took my car there and got the oil changed, and he was there. And I shook his hand, and he said, you know, I had so many people say that that was a nice, such a nice thing to do. I don't know if anybody else gave him business, but you know what? I did. Yeah. And, that, and, yeah. and I think that when we see that kind of thing happen, we are to reward people yeah. for mm -hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. Or if somebody picks up your money and you drop it on the ground and hands it to you. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just awesome. I've offered actually money where I dropped fifty or hundred dollars and somebody picked it in a hand to me. I offered them money, a five dollar bill or something. They wouldn't take it. I've had them right. absolutely yeah. refuse to take it, Bill. Just well, like you said. And, and I think this leads to um, also that you talked about a moral corrosion. You talked about an ownership, and it goes back to kind of the overarching theme that we've been talking about through the entire Ten Commandments. Um, I was not here for the murder one, but sheep in life. Last week we talked about the commoditizing, trivializing, and commercialization of sex. Sure. You know, we talked about back when we did honor mother and father, how there's no respect. I think this goes into the overarching thing, and I think there's much more to it that we can hit after the break. Excellent. And that's, we're up against the hard break. This is... A Man Up Podcast, podcast number 127. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is the Man Up. Man Up Spiritual Oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys going through this life uh, on a faith journey. We're so glad you're going with us. This is the kind of discussion particularly in this kind of environment. You might have been able to have this discussion years ago when you were a kid, but but you, it just seems like you can't anymore, and that's why we're here. And uh, <clears throat> go ahead. We, 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 we have a score update. Astros tied up. Bregman just did a two-run home run. All right, so, <laughs> oh, right. so it's 2-2. I'm, I'm going to flip my phone back over so I okay, don't get so distracted by it. So it's 2-2. 2-2. Huh? Yeah, all right, 2-2, game two. Just to know how live we are here. All right, yeah, we, and live we are. And, so, and we're glad that you're with us. And we are in the Ten, ten Commandments. We're at uh, commandment number eight. You shall not steal. 
And I didn't necessarily mean to hijack this uh, because we, because these kind of lessons are kind of like an onion, and, and we like to unpeel the layers, and so you can apply whatever may uh, affect your life. And I, and I can tell you this: uh, as I look back over my life, <clears throat> these Ten Commandments for me has been. Yes, convicting for what I've done in the past, but also helping me to be better in the future. And that's how I looked at like the, the petty theft kind of stuff or that I, whether I've done because I haven't paid attention to it or it's just a, just a habit, um, just to how to be better as I go forward because this is the kind of thing, and I just brought up the term moral corrosion. Um, I don't want to be corroded anymore, plain and simple, you know? Uh, and, and this kind of thing, just trying to keep it out of your life, just to, just to be better, just to be better on your faith journey. So, so. L- let me, let me, so let, let's take it down the rabbit hole a little bit at work. So... Uh, Bill kind of joked about that I'm truly certifiable now. Um, I had to recertify for my training designation that I have. And to recertify, part of that is submitting paperwork on 60 hours of continuing education units. Mm -hmm. It would have been super, super easy to, quote-unquote, lie about that, particularly because the way my association does it is you're notified up front if you're going to be audited or not, (laughs) if you were part of the random audit group. Um, so you know up front because you have to submit all your documentation with it. So it would have been really easy for me to say, because part of our, we can get, broken down into categories, you can get 15 points for reading books. It would have been easy for me to say, I've read these five books, got three hours each one of them, and walked on had I never touched those books. must have been a comic book if you read it in three yeah, hours. exactly. <laughs> but, 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 it's, but that's something where you have to make the decision. Likewise, you have to make the decision. So how much time, when you're at work, how much time do you really spend on the Internet? Is it just something you open and run in the background? Sure. Or are you, quote-unquote, friend of mine used to call it stealing your paycheck because you're just sitting there all day doing that? Take it to another level from corporations. Think about Wells Fargo and what happened to Wells Fargo where... For everybody that remembers the story, they basically rewarded employees for opening accounts. They opened a bunch of fake accounts. <laughs> or accounts yes. on the behalf of yes. people. With yeah, them. but they were real people. Fake accounts, real people. But yeah. they were getting they were Huge getting done for charges. Yeah, yeah, they, absolutely for doing it. Mm-hmm. And so you come into the point where you talked about where we're morally corrosive as a society now, mm-hmm. and so this becomes acceptable behavior because now. I got something where in reality I stole. You know, I set it up, I submitted false accounts, so I got my bonus for that month. Why did I get my bonus? You cheated. Because I cheated. Yeah, I lied. Right. I stole. You stole. I'm, I, I'm going to, and, and this is true, and I'm actually, and that, and that was found out in, in reward. I'm, I'm going to throw in here, because I'm usually more critical. One, one thing I will say for American society, and you hear it remarked on, especially by immigrants, is that by and large, your, your example of, of the guy who gave the $20 back, mm-hmm. that, that happens a lot in America, but the expectation elsewhere is not the case. And uh, we, we manage, we're, people are, as, we, as you said, people, we, our audience aren't stealing anything. Largely, people are honest. Um, we, we manage a tax system that basically exists and works on purely on compliance. You know, people pay their taxes because it's out. Now, yeah, it's backed up by enforcement, but the, that part of it doesn't enter into it. The, the expectation in a lot of countries is, is certainly bribery. Uh, we, we got, I, I, I'm not going to get too much into it, but I am familiar with a company that got into trouble with a country because they were, they, it wasn't even the business, they, they were basically bribing to get construction projects done, so they're building, and, and yeah, it was wrong, and they got caught, but 
you know, and they paid the penalty. There's no, no question about that. But everyone knew that was business as usual, and unfortunately, that happened. And, and, and that's the way, unfortunately, that's the way it works, and there is, a, there is a price exacted from that. So I'll speak up for, for, the, for the American culture, at least on that, where, by and large, you know, no matter where you stand, you're, you're likely a decent, honest person when it comes to returning something to the cash register or returning, and, and that is what's remarkable, and I think it's, it speaks to a bit of the foundation of the country that's still there. It, it does, and, and I'll... I'll I'll, I'll kind of elaborate on that. So in the 80s, when I was in college, we, our Baptist Student Union, it is now called the Baptist Student Ministries at the University of Houston, we actually took up a special donation um, for excess payment to get some Bibles through customs because we were doing a mission mm -hmm. trip to Mexico City. <laughs> and you know, and, and you you under if, if you read between the lines, you basically saw we basically were taking money up to bribe mm -hmm. the right. custom guys yeah, in Mexico to get the yeah, bike. probably because told you you had to do it because it's it's just the way you just the way to, business it, is it, done. And, and, so, and that is, but that is that's that yeah. ultimately does course. Yeah, it it does. I know. I, so I, so let let's take it where I started because okay. I'm a little curious about mm -hmm. this. So how you get something from your employee? It's an idea. Hey boss, I think we should do this. And you look at it and you go, wow, that's a great idea. How do you send that up the chain to get approval? And, and that's something. Let's just, just talk about that. How have y'all well, seen it done? Well, I, can, I can tell you the couple okay, ways I'll, I've I'll seen tell, it done. Okay. Well, I can tell you this. Um, I, I've had several opportunities to do that. Mm -hmm. And because I'm a creative person, I put a little more stock in the creator, okay, mm -hmm. then your basic cheater. I know, and I'm good friends with uh, some basic cheaters. I'll, I'll call this one guy Jeff because that's his name, Jeff. <laughs> and he gets the right answer, but he doesn't have the process down to get it. Same way with a great idea. And when I've been in management positions, which I have been several times, I pass it up as the creator's idea because I think it's a great idea, but I don't know the, the whole way that they got to it. And I'll pass it on, I'll let them have it because in order to get an idea implemented, it's not only the result, but the process has to be good. I've written scripts. I've written a couple of books. I have a movie out on Amazon. I understand that my time writing it, it's only a partial time. There's so much time, and like Steve being a policy writer, actually tapping the keys is just a small part of it. It's Thinking, it's thinking the idea through that is a whole lot more. And the person that that is given to, that, ab that concept may be absolutely foreign mm -hmm. to them. I, I got, in, in the I, training world, that's 20% of your time is tapping. I, I, got, I got to kind yeah. of, I'll shoot my answer at you. And I'll okay. speak more as a man, from kind of managerial okay. standpoint. I'm going to say you assumed you gave me this idea. Now, there are two things I can do with it. I can personally hate the idea and can figure out a way to get it killed. But let's say I like the idea and want to do it. The first thing I do is ask, first thing is, is think about, well, what's my boss going to ask me about this idea? And say, okay, Robert, that's a great idea, but I know this is going to be the pushback. You have to figure out how to, you know, is, mm -hmm. can you accomplish this, this, right. and this through that idea? And I'll kick it back to you and make you work on it. Then I'll take it up and say, this is Robert's idea. This okay. is why I think it's good. This is where I think it'll... And then I can add it. This is where I think we can plug it in. And, but, you know, you get the credit for the idea. Okay. Right. And, and me as was basically. But, but to do it correctly, to get it... And I also, I also help get it through. I basically try to grease the wheels. If it's good. 
if it's good. If it's um, good. If it's I bad, agree. I'll tell you. I, I can tell you it's not going to work. Or here, here's what you got to do with it. But I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. Oh, this is great. <laughs> right. I'm going to walk into the boss's office and say, "This is. I got this idea." <laughs> I, I, and I've actually seen that happen. And that happened. I, I've, yeah, I I've seen um, that happen where somebody tried to take credit for it, and the boss. Bosses are not stupid. They didn't. They didn't get to be boss because they're knuckleheads, and he absolutely crucified this guy about it. So this was your idea, and he started probing him about it. And the guy was absolutely clueless on the process or on the support on the supporting creativity behind it, and made him look absolutely foolish about it so understand this it's uh, being honest in many times not only is it good for you but it keeps you from looking stupid for trying to take trying to steal something that is not yours and I'll, I'll say this also as a as, as because I've been on both ends of this especially if we have any young listeners or guys starting out Work with your boss. Don't if your boss turns down your idea, even if I mean we're talking Dustin said, don't try to go over his head. Don't try to think you know how to run the company because that'll screw you up. If, if the right. boss takes your idea, you're working for a bad company, and obviously you leaving would basically cause him problems because he's gonna you know the well will dry up. But that's that's part of the consensus way businesses work, I think. And Robert knows more about it than I do, but so don't. So you can actually, it comes, if you've got a good boss, you can work with him or her to get your idea up the chain, and a good boss will give you credit for it. Right, right. So I, I've been on both ends, so I'll, I'll tell my story now. I've been on both ends of this. Um, I literally got asked to be on a conference call with a bunch of our agents when I was at AIG, and they were going to run through the new statements, and they wanted me on there because I had been on the project team that had worked up the design of the statements mm -hmm. and the training of it. And they said, hey, in case anybody has any questions, can you sit through? Mm -hmm. We're going to run through the power, the, the deck, the slide deck that this other guy created as the training, so we're going to run through that there. We just want an expert on everything that happened on the call in case there are questions nobody else knows the answer to. So just kind of listen in on the call. And I'm watching this slide deck, and on about slide three, I'm like, what the blankety-blank? It was my PowerPoint that I had developed for the call center. Senior <laughs> work. That was presented as this other guy's PowerPoint that he had put together to train the entire field force with. I was like, what the heck? By the same token, um, also at AIG, I had a boss. I had developed a spreadsheet that you could basically plug in your numbers from your balances per quarter that reverse calculated your internal rate of return on your account. <laughs> it's kind of a weird, complicated, you did it if you had an angry client that was disputing their interest rate. Mm -hmm. And I had a VP who I had sent the spreadsheet to and told him, hey, I worked it out for this client. Here's what I found out. Here's the spreadsheet I used if you ever want to use it with somebody else. Instead of him taking another client's complaint and doing it, he actually forwarded the email to me, copying the guy who wanted the answer, and said, my colleague Robert Koshy, and this is my VP, notice I'm referred to as his colleague, has worked with us before on this, and he is going to work, and he will be happy to work with you on this as well. So he gave me total credit. for. So I've kind of been on both sides of this, and that's one reason why I wanted to talk about it a little bit, because... I think it's an issue that people have seen and been a part of. And I agree with Steve. If you are at a place where that is happening to you constantly, go find another job. It's an employee market right now. There is a dearth of talent in this country, a dearth of good talent, and you can go find a new job if you're at a company that's treating you that way. Because it is, as Mike it fits Mike's definition. That's why I wanted to be real specific Absolutely. about it. Yep. That That's stealing. You're being stolen from. By the same token, if you are in leadership, it is behooven of you to give credit to your employees for their ideas. And I, I really like Steve. Steve went a whole other mm -hmm. place that I hadn't thought about going with this the part of the discussion. Is go back to your employee. Have him make sure he fleshes the idea out before you just send it up. And then even more so, promote it and be a champion of the idea because that's how true leaders work as they move forward. 
Well, and I think in this day and age, it's so different. Everybody understands the concept concept of stealing a pen or the concept of plotting to rob a bank. But like Professor and Steve and the judge have said, intellectual property, that is a gray area that has only come on in probably probably the last 20 years yeah. as far as theft of intellectual property. And it's, and it's become more prevalent because of access to the Internet. And yeah. the only way that I could put my movie out and to get it out was by going on the Internet. And I get paid 50 cents a download. I get these, I get these minuscule royalty <laughs> checks. Okay, now, creatively, any of you people that are out there are, that are creative beings, understand this. If you're doing, if you're going to be creative, I've got comedy rap songs, I have my movies, I have shorts out there. If you're doing it for money, you'll be sadly disappointed. However, if you're doing it to be rewarded by getting a quality project done and working with all the other talent that it took to make it, you will be richly rewarded. And I think that's where as we come in as men, understand that someone put a lot of effort into, like, for example, Robert, making that PowerPoint. Okay, understand this. It's not something that he could sell or anybody would buy on the market. However, it was valuable in his company. So, hey, this guy, Robert Koshu, created this, and it's awesome. That helps him. That boosts his morale. That gets him ready to go the extra mile for you. Or something like Steve that he's written put it out there, leave his byline on there. It's by Steve Titch. Okay? And send him the link for it. It may not be something that he can sell necessarily for money. However, it builds his morale and gives him the opportunity to want to go farther and to work with you the next time the next time they have a good idea or something that they feel would help the company. You, you set that kind of precedent and then people are not going to worry that their stuff and their ideas are going to get stolen. Yeah. I, I want to, I, I'm going I'm to break in here because I do want to talk to something and we're, we're running out of time. Um, and take it back to the commandment and take it back to what I said, God's economics. Um, <clears throat> as, as Robert said, really, if you, the Bible tells us that everything belongs to God. And we are, we are just, we're, we've been, everything we have has been leased to us. While and, we're, and only while we're here, because yes, we and, won't be here long. And uh, so what does and that, I mean, take implied in this, and this, is, this, this really plays into a we're not pastors, because pastors hate to talk about this subject, but the author grabs it with both hands. The way, the way we remember that is through tithing. And God asks, as the landlord, he asks, he commands, 10%, a tithe. Uh, and it's, the Bible's pretty clear, and sometimes it's pretty, you know, warning. I'm, I've, I've got my Bible open to Malachi, uh, the last... The last book of the Old Testament. Um, this is on the last page of the last book of the Old Testament. Uh, Malachi chapter 3. Uh, 8 through 10. Th- 8 through 10. Actually, rob- and my subhead on this is robbing God. <laughs> He's laughing. You know, will a man rob God? He, this is the, the kind of the, the author, Malachi, is having a conversation. Of, well, you ask, uh, how are we to return? Will a man rob God, yet rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you? Rob you being, how do we rob you, God? And the, the prophet answers, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, Israel, because you are robbing me, God. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. 
Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Now that is used sometimes as the gospel of prosperity. We will not talk about that. The point being, it's a way to remember uh, that it doesn't really, it really doesn't belong to you. And to, oh, 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 I gave America a, 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 a shout out, but now I say American Christians especially, I think, have that, that's a tough hump to get over. That this is mine. <laughs> Even, I mean, it's part of America. This is mine. And, and, and I made this. I created this. This, this belongs to me. Um, and really, biblically, and this is, this has been, I'm, I'm, I tend to be, I, if you read my, if you do download my stuff, my policy writing, I'm very much on the free market side. But looking at the, there, there are places in the Bible that free market does not, does not match up with. And this is the idea that you owe something to God, uh, and it should be 10%, uh, is, is, well, it's the, the author points out, and I'll leave it out, the author points out that's a, that's, that's a commandment. That's a and, lot less than what we pay the government. That's a lot less than what, <laughs> what we pay the government. Yeah, he doesn't, and doesn't they, does not and they distribute much. her money yes. poorly. <laughs> <That's> yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to go and attack but, 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 but let's, but, but, I mean, I'm just going to say, we should no, be, no, we well, should be certainly trying to tithe, and, and, and I, I'm, personally, I'd say, actually, it is the beginning of financial discipline, uh, it, it's um, right. it amazingly can can it in you know you will it make you necessarily make you richer in that God will make you profit maybe not but you'll find yourself in a lot more financial control or a lot more control of your finance finances even if you're even if you're not making that much money because because few people I think really. You know, I think the paycheck comes in and the money goes out. But just if you just decide, I'm going to set aside one dollar for every ten, you suddenly have to think about how you're spending your money. Is the ten on the gross or the net? Well, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be. You're, you're, I, I should. I should. I should. No. I'll be flat out. This. I mean, again, I don't. I'll, I'll throw this out just to start discussion. It's it, with me. I, actually, the way I started, my family started tithing. Um, you know, it's, it's very difficult, especially when you're not making that much money. It was 10% net minus mortgage or rent. Uh -huh. um, and now it's, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest, um, it's, well, I'll say we, it's net. Um, you know, it's, it's, and, and I'm self and so, for so people it comes who don't out, know, net is what you take home. Net is what no, I take home. Uh, secondary question. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you had a refund at the end. Because <laughs> when, like when I tied off net at the end, yeah. you should. If I got a refund, then I tied off of the you refund. You should remember to do that. Yeah. Well, and, and I just want to add something real quick is that it's not only the basic Christians, even in this church, we had pastors. Phil, our senior pastor, mm -hmm. he fired a pastor who did not tithe, and that pastor's uh, excuse was he was a Levitican, or he was, you know what I'm saying, he was, he was... Oh, oh, he was, he was, he was not of the tribe. He, 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 was, right. he was a Levite. He yes. was a Levite. Which, right. which, which, in the, which, which actually, for, 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 for those, you know, well, you can, you, actually, I, you understand, yeah, what, right. what is the significance, what's yeah. he trying to the get Levites away The Levites were who the tithes were paid to. They were paid to. Right. Right. But he, he, he twisted it so that yeah. it sounded he, like he didn't yeah. have to Right. Right. And you know what happened to him? He got fired the next week by Phil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, you know, I think tithing, whether you're paying on the net or the gross, I think it's from your heart. Like so many other things we've talked about. Jesus set a high standard. He said, he says, if you imagine having sex with a woman in your mind, you've committed <laughs> adultery. Right. right. If you are going to steal, cut off your hand. He set really high standards. And that's what our Christian life is all about, is keep our standards high. And we can shoot for those, and we may hit below them, 
But the point is, is what's in our heart and where, where are we headed with our lives? And what are we teaching our family by what we do and what we say? I think that's so important. I think the tithe is absolutely the high standard. One week you may not be able to pay it because your, your car broke down and you have to fi get it fixed to drive to work. I don't think the Lord will fault you if the rest of the time and on your heart you mm -hmm. seek to give him your tithe as often as you can. And as long as you try to set that, uh, set that apart for him first, not the last, after you've had That's... your fun and bought pictures and gone shopping right, right. And, and had entertainment, things like that. I think I, it's really I, I think that's actually key to making it like the, the right. first fruits idea. First fruits. Yeah. And with that, we're coming down to the end. This is podcast number 127. Uh, this has been an awesome discussion. You shall not steal. And so we're going to go around the room one final time just to get a, a, bre a brief takeaway uh, from each of the fellas and uh, start with the professor. <laughs> and, and to think this was going to be a simple little <laughs> discussion right. of the Ten Commandments. Um, I'm just going to, I think Steve said it when he started. He said, this commandment is not about anything except God's economy and how God views everything we do. We are stewards of the material things that are here and they really belong to God. And we are stewards of the mental ideas and the intellectual property that we possess and others possess. How we approach these so that we don't keep eroding our moral, our morality, I think is how we best approach this commandment. It's not as simple as, well, I didn't, I didn't steal a pen from work, so I'm good. It is all about your attitude and how you approach the things you have. Excellent. Judge. Yeah, very briefly. Very good. Uh, enjoyed all this. We could have covered so much more folks. Mm -hmm. I only had an hour, right. as you guys right. know. And we went into the, um, the work situations and the examples. Um, I just want to come back and remind you what Jesus said. Keep your thoughts pure. You're, you're, you start stealing when you start imagining doing it after you've coveted something from your neighbor or from work or anything like that. When you start and plan to get that item, you've committed theft in your mind. That's what Jesus was saying. If in your mind you plan this out, and then when you take steps, you say, but no, but I didn't take it. But the question is whether or not you actually plan to do it. And then when you take steps to do it according to the law, the evidence is there once you've made a movement toward it to do or steal that particular object if you planned it out. So, yes, but you can, you can ask forgiveness. You can withdraw from the idea of doing something and not steal. And you can ask the Lord's forgiveness anytime. So, thank you for the discussion, guys. Thanks. Great. Mr. Steve. Well, I, I'll round it up by saying, and, and no matter where you stand, whether you're wealthy or you're poor, it's not a judgment. It's not a moral judgment. Nobody, you know... People are wealthy sometimes because they earned it, but sometimes because they, uh, it was circumstances. They were born into it or they lucked out. They, and the same thing happens in poverty. And I think sometimes there's a tendency to say, well, I'm, I'm wealthy, I deserved it, or he's poor, he must have done something to deserve it. The Bible's clear that that is not the case. And your balance sheet is not going to matter at the gates of heaven. I mean, your, your financial balance sheet. Um, so be wary of that. And I think, uh, I think yes, do not steal... As in, we are given custody. We are, we are, we are you know, the, the, the idea that this is, we, we do have boundaries. We do have property. Um, one, what, one should not take what belongs to another. One should not take what God has given to another. But we should also remember that it's really not ours anyway. And always be graceful and have gratitude for, for our, our wealth if we have it. But for whatever means there is, and 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 not, and if we do not have the wealth to be, to be humble enough to accept that, uh, that material need from from strangers, from others, because and that's not, that's not a bad thing. That's not a failure. Excellent, excellent discussion. Glad you have been here. And my uh, my final thoughts are this: <clears throat> we are only stewards. 
You will leave here with nothing. You came into this world with nothing. Anything that you acquire honestly will have value. What you acquire dishonestly will not. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 127. We're so glad that, uh, that you've been here to join us. We are on iHeartRadio, iTunes. All of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. You can leave a message or comment on our Facebook page, which is Man-Up on Facebook. And we have a website, which is Man-UpSpiritualOasis.com. And... <clears throat> invite you to, in, if you're ever in Sugarland, come and join us at uh, Sugarland Baptist Church. Or we also encourage you to join a local Bible based church. Why local? So you'll go and become a part of a small group, like an adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class, and find one that's men only. And if there is one, start one. This man up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.